dedicated to encouraging you, our listeners, to move beyond that fear, to solve riddles they don't want us to unriddle, to investigate supposedly ironclad truths, to unearth evidence buried for so long they believed it would stay buried. Season 3. It started with a deranged Oregon magician who bit the head off a ferret during a holiday show for children. At least that's what we've been told. Since then, the disease called Kofefi-19 has raged across the globe. Yes, the virus has separated us, isolated us, shaken us. But it can't take away our sense of incredulity. We know that 5G cell waves make us more susceptible to the virus. That doctors Deborah Burks and Anthony Fauci lead the medical wing of the deep state, and that Bill Gates is seeding the eventual vaccine with nanocrystals to track our locations 24-7. We've been told less about the Redmond Institute of Virology, an Oregon-based BSL-4-level biosafety facility that just happens to experiment with ferrets. This season on Optophobia, We'll track down the distortions, the assumptions, the omissions. Are you bored by the lies? Open your eyes. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kellogg Lieberbaum. What if there was another species of humans walking among us, but we didn't know that because we can't see them? And what if that species was sick of our bullshit and decided to act? And what if part of that action was to poison us with our own stupidity? We are going to talk to our guest today about all of those possibilities. But before we do, I want to welcome my co-host for this week, smooth jazz enthusiast, Peachy Jennings. Hi, Peachy. Hello, Kellogg Lieberbaum. So good to hear from you this week. How are you? You know what? I've had some ups. I've had some downs, but I've had more ups than downs this week. That's good. Yeah. Two major things have happened. Let's hear them. Okay. So number one, I found out what my shape-ups are made of. Oh, you research your shape-ups. Absolutely. So after talking to our guest last week, I was very interested to know what the organic makeup of my shape-up is so I could better inform myself and for my health physical, mental, emotional, and the ingredients are ingredients. You know what I mean? Materials, it's made. So maybe they are ingredients. Sure. They are as follows. In order of what is in it the most, here it comes. The first ingredient is fashion leather. Fashion leather. Yes. So that's a different kind of leather than straight up leather? Absolutely. Fashion leather. Okay. And it didn't give any more detail than that. Other than just the fashion leather. Second ingredient, P. 
pigeon feathers. Pigeon feathers and fashion leather. And the third ingredient uh, was flarp. So can you spell that? So flarp, F-L-A-R-P. It was a popular 90s novelty toy in which you took a slimy substance in a plastic cup and then you put it in the cup and it made a like a toot noise. Like when you pass gas. So pigeon feathers, flarp. And, and fashion, fashion leather. leather. So that was really exciting to learn. That's great. And then the second thing, so you were the one who suggested to me that I should give Rob Mellows another chance. I thought that that would be wise, yeah. Maybe I was a little bit too abrupt with calling things off just because he didn't know every single jazz artist that I am an aficionado of. So I, I knew the final straw had to be about Kiki Matsu. You were going to go to back to Rob Mellows and say, hey, Rob, have you ever heard of Kiki Matsu? Yes. And immediately, I'm going to get teary-eyed. Immediately, he started singing from her best album, in my opinion, Journey to the Heart. Track four on the album, Butterfly. Oh, it is just a heart wrenching beautiful tune she's an exceptional keyboardist so he knew it right away and he sent that to me in one email with an attachment to you're never gonna believe it to another tiktok hashtag okay and what he sent me the hashtag is i kid you not no spaces no capitalizations ferrets of TikTok. And so by Rob sending you this hashtag, what what did that what did that make you think? It made me think that he's on my side. He understands me. So this is exciting because it it means at least it sounds to me like it means that your relationship, potential relationship with Rob Mellows has turned a positive corner. I think it is. Actually, I can see a little icon on my screen right now that shows I have 16 messages on the G chat. Maybe a couple of them are from him. I don't know. I won't know until I check. And I, and I don't check when I'm having a conversation with someone else because I feel like that, that in itself is showing that I'm not tuned into you. And that is the, that right there is the mentality of all smooth jazz artists is when you are creating, when you are making your art, you are, your, your brain is nowhere else. Your brain is absolutely fully tunnel vision focused and that's how i am here with you well that's great i mean that's that's why we asked you to be a part of this uh season because you're of your professionalism thank you kellogg so let's let's tune in to our guest unfortunately uh the guest we had scheduled this week mercyville arkansas based elevator sales associate lynn scrinch was unable to make it Scrinch is, of course, most well-known for her theory that the government sent the NBA's best players to live in a protected bubble at Disney World to keep them from contracting Kofefi-19, which would, of course, mean that if the rest of us perish, the country that springs up anew would be a much taller one and therefore more preferable 
to U.S. deep state leadership. Sadly, Scrinch was scrunched by an elevator, so we were left guestless this week. However, our amazing producers scrambled and were able to find a great, great guest at the very last minute. Gilda Graylor is with us from her home in Corolla, North Carolina. Gilda, welcome to Optophobia. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is just this is just a treat. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about about yourself, what you do uh, in Corolla. Oh, uh, what do I do in Corolla? Well, I'm sitting in right now the Mystic Course. This is my it's my home slash BNB where lovely little couples come, spend the weekend, get on the beach, get a little bit of freedom, see some wild horses. You know, we have horses that literally run on the beach here. Uh, so it's a r- nice little romantic getaway in case you're interested. Mystic Course 999.com. Wow, that sounds fantastic. And now, Gilda, you specifically said that Mystic Horse, correct, mm-hmm. is a BNB. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that you are not associated with the larger corporation that is Airbnb? Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely not. Well, sometimes, I, okay, let me explain this here. This won't go anywhere, right? <laughs> but anyway, sometimes I will say it just to get more guests. But technically, no, I don't go anything. I don't want to spend send my money. Plus, if you use their apps and stuff, what are they doing with it? You know, it's like, I don't want them in my home. Same feeling there, Gilda. You know, I've always wondered this about proprietors of Airbnbs. It, sound, it seems like a really hard business because you are having people into your own home. You really need to be kind of a people person 100% of the time because of that. And it seems like it's really it would be really hard to get away from... To, or to have any kind of personal time when there are always people kind of like on vacation, but also, you know, you're making them breakfast and it seems like you have to be a certain kind of person to be a successful bed and breakfast owner. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? People is just like, honestly, ever since I've been born, people have just liked me. I was blessed with that. I'm not sure where that came from, but I've just had that. You know, it's like if people like me, then I usually don't have to deal with terrible people, you know, because if they like me, they're usually nice to me. And honestly, I'm getting great vibes from you at this moment, Gilda. I'm not I'm not going to lie. And I do I do have a personal question. Do you mind? Oh, of course. And for our listeners, you you can't see what we are seeing because our medium is that of the ears. But I hear him, you know, on a virtual screen with Gilda and I can see is that your natural hair color? Oh my god. Absolutely. Yeah, um I was born it's maybe it's why everyone liked me. I was born with cotton candy pink hair. That is remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable, I guess, if you haven't been living in it your whole life. I'm used to it, you know? So, yep, I was born with it. Literally everyone thinks it's a wig. Literally everyone is wrong when they try to pull it off. <laughs> I can see why people would be drawn to you in an attractive, loving, romantic way, but also platonically. Oh, well, <laughs> that's what I've always experienced. So, Gilded, how long have you been running the Magic Horse? I've been running this horse for about 14 years. Oh, the Magic Horse. Sorry, that was my original business that failed miserably because turns out something about magic versus mystic. Anyway, it burned out. It literally burned down. Oh, gosh. It's, it wasn't my fault. Uh, anyway, so it's the Mystic Horse, and we've been running this one for 14 years. We don't talk about the first seven. <laughs> In all of that time, you must have had some, it's a lot of guests that have kind of been through. Mm-hmm. You must have seen a lot of things. Do you have any crazy stories about 
Any guests? Well, of course we have our, our, our usual guests. You know, you mainly people that want to come to North Carolina are like Wall Street bankers that want to get away. They want to experience the the Knights and Rodanthe, the Nicholas Sparks kind of life. So I feel like a lot of people up there come with just like a lot of money. So they have their, you know, their crazy exotic pet. This one man had an alligator purse. I mean, but it was a little alligator. It was an alligator. Anyway, uh, that was wild. But I'll be honest, the weirdest stuff that happens, I'm not sure if it's from the guests or, you know, the unwanted guests. You know what I'm saying? You know, like the others. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a little weird. We have our doors open in. We have our creakies. Well, let's take a quick break because I think, Gilda, what you're you're starting to talk about is the reason that we wanted to have you on the show. So let's take a quick break and we will be right back with Gilda Graylor. Okay, we are back with our guest this week, Gilda Graylor. Gilda, you were talking about your B&B, The Mystic Horse, some of the guests that you've had, and you were talking about the kind of regular guests, but then you started getting into the other kind of guests. So I'm wondering if you can just kind of expand on that. Okay, absolutely. Are you familiar with just evolution? As a concept? Yeah. I mean, some people don't, you know experience learning it. I have absolutely practiced it in my own free time. Uh, I never learned it in an education setting. Okay. All right. Well, essentially the concept is humans are evolving, right? At one point we like, we're all bending over, you know, like grabbing stuff with our hands on the ground. Basically we were fish. Yeah. We were basically fish at one point. And then we just started moving and walking. And this is of course over centuries and years and thousands of years or whatever. And, and we, we keep, we keep growing. Well, the thing is, is why shouldn't humans evolve again? It's like, we've got this mindset that we're just going to remain homo sapiens forever. You know, um, I'm sorry. A cat just jumped up behind me. It's, I see that. Yeah. Do you know what? This thing is part tiger. <gasps> this is a literal half tiger, but I didn't, I didn't breathe this poor boy. This poor boy was brought in by a wall street. I don't even know. His name was like James de James. Anyway, rich people do have quite the exotic animal collection. That is very true. Anyway. So this is a current guest, uh, but we treat all pets here equally. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame just as long as it doesn't attack me right now. Those are some big paws. <laughs> thanks. Oh, I don't know. I'm saying thanks on the tiger's behalf. Anyway, Humans evolve, right? They they evolve. So what I think has happened here is we are at war. We are at war. Not not our country, not the United States of America. We are at war much bigger than that. And I think we're at war with the future of what we are. No. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying we have some evolved species that have evolved themselves to not be seen by human eyes. I think that's pretty frightening, but also kind of exciting. <laughs> Sounds like my sex life, you know? <laughs> I know all about that since I've been wearing my shape-ups. My pelvic floor is very strong. But hold on a second, Gilda. Okay, sorry, I'm excited. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've had people, guests before, who have talked about replicants and those who are embodying a typical form that you would see on this earth. Are you referencing 
almost an extraterrestrial evolution or just that some humans are advancing quicker than others and they are the ones trying to dominate the rest of our species? Absolutely. They're tired of our shit. I'm not saying extraterrestrial. No, no, no. They they came from the earth. They are not. Oh, wow. No, this is not some crazy scientific fiction shit. This is like some actual scientific stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is not science fiction. Okay. We have grown and evolved and we've evolved to the point of not seeing. And these, I, I call them this and I think it's scientific, but I don't know. I named them in the genus species Homo invisibilian. So they literally are homo like us and then they're invisible not like us you know what i'm saying are the invisibilian literally just invisible versions of us or are they totally the same in every other way or they have other parts of them evolved beyond being invisible well of course i can't totally say from a visible standpoint but okay so they've evolved in two ways they've evolved via sight and they've evolved via communication. So Gilda, the Invisibilian have evolved in the way that they communicate with one another. What is that? How do they do that? Okay. So here's my best guess. And I've dedicated my entire life to studying them for personal reasons. But I do think that they communicate via numbers. You know, like I think that they communicate, you know, like we communicate in like language, right? And we we piece things together. We we put verbs and nouns and things together, and somehow people have to make sense of it. Well, their language is in code, and every time you speak, the code is created. So it's like you can't even track them because they're changing constantly. Like we, what? Am, how, how many people in like right now in this conversation? Conversation. Sorry, conversation. <laughs> that was funny. I'm cute. Anyway. <laughs> people in this conversation even speak more than one language. Literally every time homo visibilians speak, they're changing their language. So immediately, as you said before that they were coding, I don't know a lot about coding because computers are something that I use, but I try not to learn a lot about because it just, there's so many parts. Anyway, but coding I know has a specific language and it is that of binary. And so what you're talking about is even if these invisibilians used maybe a binary code for a sentence, that their next sentence could be, you know, not just zero zeros and ones. It could be 14s and 563s. Oh, yeah. Binary is almost a joke. I would say more like trinary, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would say tri, like thousandary, you know, like lots of it. And I appreciate, Gilda, so much that you have spent so much of your life working on this theory and the study of what these invisibilians could be trying to evolutionize to become. Mm -hmm. If you could put words to it, what are they intending? All right. Well, um, I think that they are tired of us. We're out here literally pouring oil into the ocean just because it seems fun. You know, like that's what we do. Essentially, we're just destroying this world. So I think at one point they were okay with us coexisting. But at this point, I think they're trying to completely eradicate us. They want to delete us. They want to deplete us before we deplete this earth. These Invisibilian, they only recently started agitating against us. This was a they put up with us before this. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, listen, 
what was it? Was it there was like a flu in like 1918 or something? Yes. I think that this was their first attempt. But the thing is, is they weren't they weren't as advanced. But now we've got another hundred years. This is their second attempt. And I honestly think it might be their final attempt because I think it's going to work. If if this is their intention, what are you doing to protect yourself, Gilda? Well, I'm staying at the Mystic Horse B&B. Uh, I think we're exempt here. I'm just going to say it. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Plus, you know what? I'm feeling wild right now. I'm just going to say it. I think I'm one of them. <gasps> really? Where did I just go? Wait. Whoa. Oh, okay. Invisibilian can can come and go in, in terms of uh, bodily form? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. So you did mention that their sight and their communication, maybe it's not their perceived sight, but others' perceived sight. That's exactly it. Oh my God. Peachy, we've got to hang out. That's exactly it. Is they can, they can change the perception of how people see things. So maybe, maybe I can do that too. I don't know. I don't know. What, what am I, what do I know other than how the world is going to end, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. It'd be very hard for you to know this much about the invisibilian unless you had some kind of insight and connection to the invisibilian, right? Absolutely. So let me tell you this. I was adapted. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, it was a long time ago. It wasn't like recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was adopted when I was like a baby. It wasn't just it wasn't just now. But thank you. Of course. No, I've been adopted a long time. So and, and now I'm gone. Like I left the house. Anyway, I was adopted and no one knew my birth story. All I knew is as a pink haired baby, all of a sudden showed up and then she was adopted. And then my mother, my my mother. I'm putting quotes on that because I'm saying that she's not, she wasn't my mother, even though I love her to gosh darn death. <laughs> uh, I love her so much. She's not my real mother. She said a lot of weird things happened to me as a kid. A lot of weird things. Like one time I disappeared for three days. Do you know where you went? Do I know where I went? Yeah. Absolutely. I went to my friend Stephanie's house. But the thing is, Stephanie never even told me there. And I was like, I absolutely was there the whole time. So anyway, maybe I altered the perception of Stephanie to think that, that you weren't there. That's exactly what I was thinking, that you were perceiving that you were at Stephanie's. But neither Stephanie nor your mother perceived that you were there at Stephanie's. So then there, where were you? Gilda, if you are a member of the, this other human species, would you know whether other members of the Invisibilian would have been trying to contact you? I mean, it sounds like there was at least a meeting of some kind where the Invisibilian decided to unleash this virus on the rest of us. Well, I mean, I haven't been affected by it. And I own an inn. I'm in an Airbnb. I mean, not an Airbnb. Oops, sorry, Airbnb. It's not a real Airbnb. It's a B&B. Kellogg, can you strike that from the recording? Yeah, I'll edit that out. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, my B&B, I've had so many guests this whole time. Lots of lovers, lots of people from what I, you know, whatever. And I've never been affected. Did you say lots of lovers? Yeah, I do have a lot of lovers that come. Your personal lovers or? Oh, and a lot of personal lovers. That's exactly what I said. I have a lot of lovers who come by. <laughs> That's great. 
Maybe Rob and I will go there. I mean, you're completely welcome to come. We've never met in person. Ah, well, that might be hard. Hard to meet. Oh my God. Wait a minute. You've never met Rob in person? No. He... Yet, yet you're communicating with him? Yes, he he started a, a smooth jazz enthusiast forum. Hmm. Seems like, I'm just going to say it. You're publicly smooth jazz. You're probably out talking about it all the time. Absolutely. Now someone is coming to you with exactly what you want to hear. Sounds like someone perceived what you wanted and then became that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to ruin your life. I'm just saying maybe he might be, he might be one of them and maybe he could somehow protect you. So maybe it won't be a bad thing, but he might try to kill you at some point because I think that's what they're doing. Honestly, I have just had been, it's been up and down and up and down with Rob and I can't decide which way to swim out or swim under or swim through. And you know what, Gilda, if he is one of these invisibilia, I hope he does protect me because I promise you, I have been taking every precaution that they have suggested to me. I telework from home. I wear masks on my face and my feet, Mm -hmm. okay? And you know what? I still think that it's being perpetuated on TikTok, but I swear, if there is some more sophisticated part of this human race that can protect me, I'd rather that than the latter, to him be plotting some horrible, horrible murder. I like it. You're an optimist. You're an optimist. I like that about you. Gilda, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I wanted to ask you one more question before we have to go. If there is a clear and present danger to the visible human race from homo invisibilian, how is it possible for most of us to protect ourselves from another species that we can't see? What do we do? Where do we go from here? Well, you know what? I bet the homo sapiens would have, I mean, the homo erectus would have loved that answer. But the thing is, this is science. You can't just protect yourself from fate happening. You just kind of have to know that this is it. So my advice to you, uh, my advice is maybe maybe it's just like it's going to happen regardless. So why not just live your best life? Go on that dream vacation that you've always wanted to go on. Preferably one to Corolla, North Carolina. The Mystic Horses. What? No, no, no. The Mystic Horse. The Mystic Horse. The Mystic Horse 999.com. Kellogg, can you... Can you- from the recording? Yeah, I'll edit that part. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to have to leave it there for now. I want to thank our guest this week, Gilda Graylor. Thank you so much for coming at the last minute. That was fascinating and frightening at the same time. Absolutely. And to my co-host, Peachy Jennings. Peachy, this is our last show of the season. And so I just wanted to thank you for sharing your perspective on smooth jazz and all things uh, that we've talked about with our listeners and um, for asking such great questions of our guests on Optophobia. Absolutely, Kellogg Lieberbaum, and I wish you the happiest and wellest of lives. Uh, and I really hope you do listen to some Kiko Matsu. Butterfly, track four. And mostly I want to thank you, our listeners, for downloading our episodes. If you like Optophobia, please subscribe and leave us a happy rating on Apple Podcasts. We will be back with a new season of Optophobia very soon. Thank you for listening. I'm Kellogg Lieberbaum, and I will leave you with this. If you ride the roller coaster backwards, you'll see that gravity follows us all. If you've got theories about Kofefi 19, we'd like to hear them. You can find us on our website, optophobia.org. 
or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at Optophobes. And please subscribe and rate the show if you like it. Thank you to Kelsey Peters, who played Gilda Greylore. Kelsey performs with Washington Improv Theater team's Uncle Gorgeous and the Broken Bones, and Dojo Comedy House team Maple Sunday. She also co-hosts the Heavy Flow with Puss and Cooch podcast. Follow her on Instagram at at Kels Peters. Aaron Murray played Peachy Jennings. Aaron performs with Madeline, a Washington Improv Theater house ensemble, and The Lodge. Follow her on Instagram at at Yearny B. Murray. Optophobia was produced by Tim Townsend. Our music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Cover art by Claire Smalley. Website by Chance Griffin. Thanks for listening. Keep them open. Keep them open.